Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and guide us in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Hello and welcome to Zero Today. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We are attempting and hoping that we will promote a knowledge with you that is engaging and transforming, and it is our goal to empower you, our listening audience, to knowing, doing, and impacting the world around you. And um, as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey by calling in 347-237-5230. That's the number you can call. We do have um, a chat line that's open on Blog Talk Radio, so you can join in, uh, log into the chat room. Hit us up on the email at pastorrenzoneal at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook page and like it and subscribe to our show. And uh, I think we're on Twitter. we all over the place. We, we we're here, and we're glad that you're here with us. And uh, we we're we're grateful to be here. This has been an interesting week. This has been this has been a um, what some would consider a historical week, and uh, with the second inauguration of President uh, Barack Hussein Obama on Monday, that happened to also be the observance of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s um, birthday, and it was also, um, depending on where you stand, celebration of sorts for uh, one primary Supreme Court decision that was uh, that resulted in uh, greater access and uh, legalization of abortion in the United States, and that it was the Roe versus Wade a decision in 1973 that happened uh, 20 years, uh, 40 years ago. Also, um, we lost a we lost a a person who uh, was a part of the civil rights movement and the person of one of the first students to get uh, at the time tried to get admitted to the University of Alabama, 
um, Hudson, he passed away uh, at the age of 70. And it's and when we look back over the history, uh, this year will mark a year of anniversaries over the, of the uh, unique kind, you know, not celebratory as much, you know, as as we would care to to say it, but um, just so happened about 50 years ago, some of the most pivotal events in American history happened. Uh, that being the March on Washington speech, that being the bombing of the church in Birmingham, that be being the uh, murder of uh, Megar Wiley Evers, and several other great historical events that we will observe and remember this year uh, throughout the year. But, you know, depending on how you see it, it's, it's, it is what it is. And uh, we're delighted to have a guest with us this this morning in person, uh, Pastor Walter Hoy, who is the founder and director of Issues for Life. And we're going to be discussing we're going to be discussing the issue of abortion, black genocide, um, all of that. And I don't want to jump ahead of myself. You know, I usually do a little monologue, but before we go any further, and before we get to our guest, we're going to have a word of prayer, and God would. Uh, Bless this broadcast. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to be on the air. We thank you for another chance to uh, serve your people, serve you in the newness of life. I pray, God, that you would uh, lead the guidance, direct us in the way we should go regarding this conversation, this dialogue, that everything that's said be honoring to you and edifying to your people. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. I, I want to kick this off uh, um, with this 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 big debacle people are discussing with Beyonce and singing the national anthem. Um, the fact that she sang over the track and people were saying that she was lip syncing. And, you know, I, some things are just petty. Being a performing artist and having having done, you know, worked with artists, performers, um, in events like that, it's always good to have a backup plan and uh, that was a backup plan and it went off without a uh, hitch, and you could tell it was live. And even though you could tell there was a track, you could also tell that it was live. So I, I don't know why people are making a big deal out of it. And um, the reality is, you know, uh, most of those performances, especially in the past, uh, over the past uh, 15, 16 years, beginning back with Clinton, have been overdubbed. They have been... Uh, Sang over, you know, accompanied by a track, and it's, it's nothing new. So I, I don't know why they're making a big deal out of it. And with with reality, reality is, she she everybody knows she has talent, you know. So uh, whether she lip synced or not is, uh, and considering the weather conditions, <laughs> it, I I would have been surprised if she would have lip synced, yeah, just to save her voice. But uh, it was an interesting, from what I gathered, I, I didn't see all of it, um, but from what I gathered, it was a very interesting discussion. And um, Cornell, Cornell West, uh, who has been who has been very critical of President Obama since, not 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 critical in in the sense of talking about just talking about, but he made it made it clear to President Obama, even though he was. Uh, supportive of him, that he would not 
not critique him as he had done others, and he has he has held up to his end of the bargain. He's been critiquing him, and he's he he adamantly opposed uh, President Obama's use of MLK's Bible. Uh, he used both MLK and um, Abraham Lincoln's Bible, I believe, but but. Cornell, Cornell West was adamantly opposed to using the Bible, and it was he did so with the fact that uh, from the from the from the perspective that um, he has not done, President Obama has not done what is necessary for black people. Now he he's done what's necessary for those uh, who some commit, consider as minorities. You know the. Uh, homosexuals, um, um, those who are supportive of other, you know, things. He he's gone over his way, bent over back to back for those. Uh, but for for the people of color, particularly African Americans, to which he received an overwhelming support, in spite of all of the things that uh, when we look at the when we look at the black population as sample population versus the entire uh, entire population. You know, we see that most of what has been implemented uh, policy-wise under his presidency has not really benefited the black uh, African American community. And everybody knows this. You know, even even uh, black uh, black caucus. You know, congressional caucus recognized this, and and they were, you know, they spoke out. But again, their excuse was that you know their hands were tied; they couldn't critique the president, or they will suffer backlash in their uh, home um, home areas. And and you know, if you can't if you can't critique a president, or you can't critique anyone, and still without fear of losing your seat, uh, you know, there's an issue there. But I digress. Overall, overall, um, you know, Obama has two and a half, three years to, uh, to get it right. Now, a lot of people are arguing that he, what he couldn't do in the first four years, now he's able to do in these next four years. So, the the challenge to him is, and to those who supported him, is to see whether he does what he says he's going to do. Now, uh, I'm just one of those persons who believe you can do it if you need to do it, and. And there's no there's you know there's no excuse, but uh, again, that's just me having pastor black folk, black folk know what you can do and can't do, <laughs> and they they have high expectations, but some in some ways they you know they're realistic in some ways they aren't. But uh, I, I did catch a couple of snippets of uh, First Lady Michelle and. She threw some sneers at uh, Joe Banner, uh, John Banner, and John Banner. Uh, if you, I saw a clip, a couple of clips of him, and he just looked kind of—I I don't even know how to describe it—as uh, pre- President Obama was presenting his, you know, his his statement about um, working together and all these kind of things, whatever. Uh, the look on John Banner's face was like "give me a break" kind of look, but at the same time. Uh, uh, there, there was some photos called uh, some journalists called um, uh, Michelle Obama giving him the side eye, <laughs> but that's politics. I'm kind of glad we're not. But I, I did hope that uh, those of you who observed uh, Dr. King's day uh, did so in a manner that was worthy of his um, legacy. It was a day of service, and and my sermon Sunday I, I preached about uh, 
justice and let justice roll. And I, I'm committed to justice, not just not just in in, in the sense, uh, the legal sense of justice. I, I believe there's a lot of injustice being done, particularly to our young black men. And I've taken it, and I'm helping my church take the initiative to address that the uh, irregularities in our uh, prison system, in our legal system regarding minorities. And you know, it's, it's just overwhelmingly uh, slated toward uh, incarcerating them and keeping them there. And you can agree with it or not agree, disagree with it, but that's just the way it is. Um, so, in talking about justice, I, I said we must be just. We must be a, a a true just society. Will not allow the injustices that we see to continue. Um, and we have to address it in a way that is not, you know, it's not politically correct. Uh, I know we like to put it in politically correct means, but unfortunately, that time is gone. Being politically correct gets you nowhere. Um, the age of tolerance has caused more intolerance than it has uh, attempted to create tolerance and and. So, you know, you got to be uh, a social justice prophet, and I'm determined to do so. And social issues, unfortunately, are the areas where the schism of uh, social justice and the social justice prophet exists. And until we get to that place where we're able to speak uh, uh, rightly, fairly, and justly for all persons, then we will, we will you know, we'll be doing what, what God told the prophet Micah in a, uh, Chapter six, verse eight. You know, we will love. We will do justly. We will love mercy, and we will walk humbly with God. Uh, that's just me. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Um, we have on the line. Uh, our guest is uh, Pastor Walter Hoy of um, California, who is also a uh, wonderful, wonderful man of God, uh, passionate about the issue of life and personhood. And passionate about his people, our people, and the Church of God. And when we come back from this break, we will be, we will be uh, he'll be joining us, and we'll be discussing uh, Roe versus Wade and all those other things, uh, Mile for Twenty One, Black Genocide, all of that. We'll be discussing that. So stay tuned. It's a show you don't want to miss. It's a show that you will want to get in. And talk about call. Tell people we're on the air. Tell them what we're talking about. I know it's controversial, and I know people don't want to talk about it. But hey, that's part of the problem, and this is what we're here for. So we're going to come back after this break, and we'll have with us uh, Pastor Walter Hall. Be right back. Find your can-do spirit, your will-do strength. 
to chart new paths and rediscover old ones. Capability has found its versatility, making all days and all terrains equal. Go ahead. Raise your hands. Lower your foot. Make pursuit of the unexpected unrelenting. Today is yours to go find your power. And where you'll find it is within. You've heard the saying, clothes make the man. Used to be that way with suits. Wear one and you'd start to think like one. Wall Street before Main Street. Profit before people. Well, that's changing. I mean, look around. You see a lot more guys wearing suits. They're not thinking like suits. What it comes down to is this. Today, you don't have to be one to wear one. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. I need you. I feel so alone. But you're not alone. I knew you'd come. Like I could stay away. You know I can't do this without you. You'll never have to. You're always there for me. I'll get you a rental car. Don't use an umbrella. Fall in love with Progressive Claim Service. Thrilling 1080p HD movie. My beef isn't with you, Lewis. <laughs> Sensational effects like selected color in HD movie and stills. And amazing photo quality that packs a Nikon punch. Okay, guys. You're a natural. The Nikon D5100, a DSLR so versatile, we shot this whole commercial with it. The compact D5100. And check out the waterproof, freeze-proof, shock-proof Coolpix AW100. Welcome back. This is your host, Pastor Lorenzo Nia, and you're joining us on Zero Today. We are live, and uh, it's Wednesday, and it's still <coughs> kind of cool here. But uh, I digress. I just wanted to let y'all know it's cool. I know some places it's cold, but hey, wherever you are, stay cool, stay warm, and all that other stuff. Um, uh, we're glad to have you back. And again, this is Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Nia. We are joined uh today by our guest mr uh pastor walter hoy california who is the founder director and speaker and everything else for issues for life foundation <laughs> did i get that right pastor hoy yeah you got it right how you doing lorenzo i am doing well i'm blessed to be here and um i'm glad that you uh Accepted our invitation to come and be on the show, and I, I like doing these shows because uh, I, I think 
part of the problem in the black community is we just the silence hurts us. Uh, the silence hurts us too much, and because we don't talk about as preachers, we don't talk about it, um, or when we do talk about it, we skate around it and never fully addressed it. Uh, but um, I wanted to just, I wanted to deal with the the issue. It's the 40th anniversary of Roe versus Wade. And Roe versus Wade, that decision is responsible for perhaps the biggest schism next to the Civil War in this country. I know the country is divided over homosexual. Uh, the church is divided over homosexual, but the country is literally divided over what's now being called women's rights. And I have no problem with women's rights. I have no uh, problem with women's health. What I do have is a problem with the rhetoric that's being presented to people in this country about it. So uh glad you joined us. So can you tell my audience a little bit about yourself, what you do and uh, why you do what you do? <laughs> the, I'm the resident founder of the Issues to Life Foundation. Uh we were dedicated to working with the African American leadership throughout the country, uh helping them to support and strengthen their stand. Um against the pro-life, uh, for the pro-life movement. We get that straight, for the pro-life movement. And I've spent quite a bit of time talking about this issue. It's really a pleasure to be here on with you today. All right. Now, um, now I visited your website, and, of course, I you have been a guest in my church. You've been in my church uh, two or three times, haven't you, since I've been here in Jackson, I believe? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I have, and it's been a pleasure. And my people were well receptive, and, and, and that's what I really admire about uh, when we, you know, you're a controversial figure. <laughs> but uh, we we were worked together on some issues here. So I, I want to jump right into this, this uh, two issues. First is, of course, uh, Planned Parenthood and abortion and the effects it had on the black community. Now, when I was visiting your website, uh, you you placed uh, with you and your wife. You said you placed that you stated that Planned Parenthood is a business, and business offers services. Uh, explain that a little bit. Go into a little more detail about uh, Planned Parenthood. You know, share with us its founding. Share, you know, go go as far as you want to go with that. Well. The bottom line is that Planned Parenthood is an abortion business. That's where Planned Parenthood uh, makes their money. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, Planned Parenthood's annual report came out, and the number of abortions uh, has dramatically increased. And the number of uh, adoption referrals or prenatal services, but those numbers are, are not increasing. Uh, Planned Parenthood also issued a statement uh, sometime last year, uh, they wanted to focus on the abortion business. So if you are playing parenthood and you're not performing abortion, they're encouraging you to start performing abortion. That's just the business. That's the nature and the mission of Planned Parenthood. And Planned Parenthood is funded uh, largely by our taxpayer dollars. And we're looking at a budget that allows Planned Parenthood to receive $1.4 million every day. And so you've got to ask yourself the question. If you're concerned about women and 
the challenges facing women and children in difficult situations, and you have $1.4 million every day, how would you spend it? Uh, Would you dedicate that money uh, to abortion, uh, contraceptives, uh, sex education, so that our young people will know how to have sex at a young age? Or would there be something else you do with that $1.5 million uh, that you get every day uh, from the government? And so when you take a look at Planned Parenthood and mission, you take a look at uh, what they do, just analyze their own annual report and their own works, you can see what they do. You've got to wonder, they really have women's health and do they really have women's concern uh, in mind? So, so in essence... Planned Parenthood, and, and I know they provide contraceptive services, and I know they provide screenings um, for women. Uh, but the bulk of their services is abortion services. And how do they market that? How how do they market that? How do they how do they get that taxpayer uh, supplemental taxpayer support for for that if? It's understood that that's their business. The Planned Parenthood has targeted minority communities by uh, building Planned Parenthood or abortion clinics in our neighborhood. If, if you took a look at a study that just came out maybe about three or four months ago, on that 79%, and a little bit more than that, are located in uh, minority neighborhoods. And so it's not a secret, it's not a wonder that the majority of abortions formed in this community in our in our country are performed on black women. According to the Ellen Gutmarker Institute, which is the not-so-former research on the Planned Parenthood, 30% of all abortions in the United States of America are performed in black America. And if you look at the CDC number, the CDC number is 40, not 30. It's, it's increased, and it doesn't even include the largest abortion performing state in the union, which is California. And they're talking 40% even without California. No matter how you look at it, uh, black Americans are about 13% of the population, and yet we account for 30 or 40% or more of all the abortions in the country. That's not an accident. That's not uh just circumstance. Uh, these are the numbers, these are the facts, and it's because we are, are targeted. And the impact is just incredible. Uh, while we're only 13% of the population, about half of the women, so now we're looking at about 6% responsible for the 30% of all boys in the country. And if you consider childbearing age, now we're looking at ages from 15 to 44 uh, responsible for to 40 percent of all abortions in this country, so we're really targeting uh, our women, uh, targeting uh, communities of color, and this is not by accident. So we need to uh, get this word out. We need to have our folks take a look at the data, take a look at the facts, and ask themselves the real question. I mean, if you had 1.498 million dollars a day. Especially $1.5 million every day. Uh, would it be your mission to perform abortion or offer contraceptives and perform sex education services in our schools, in our communities, so our young people would know how to 
engage in sex outside of marriage. Hmm. It, that's that's interesting, and um, you know, uh, the 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 issue basically falls into pro life, pro choice, and and unfortunately, those who the voices of both of those movements do not adequately reflect the African American community, on and particularly for largely in the Black Church, you know, uh, those pastors, those of us who are pastors, don't run in the circles. That address pro-life or pro-choice, uh, and we don't address them from the pulpits. We we don't address it from the pulpits. And I know uh, I think about thirty-five here in the state of Mississippi. The uh, we only have one abortion clinic left here and there. They're working to close that down, and I'm, I'm not sure how that would affect uh, some. Some I I know how it would affect the the, the young black the black women here. Black women here, but uh, the mo- majority of the women having abortions, uh, white women in particular, you know, they don't do it here in the state. They leave the state and go. They go to Louisiana. They go to Alabama. Uh, uh, some go as far away as Texas to have, uh, you know, Georgia and Texas to have abortions. They don't do it here in the state. But those who can't afford it, you know, they go to uh, the clinic, and the clinic has been reduced as far as operation wise. Uh, uh, we we passed a law with the governor uh, the, passed a law regarding uh, that that doctors who perform abortions in the state must have the uh, proper credentials as a gynecologist OBGYN um, and that has of course they give them time to get those credentials but that has put a hamper on abortions here in the state but uh, what's the difference? I mean, can a person be pro-choice and value life, or does a person have to be pro, pro-life only to value life? Well, the, 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 let's take a look at what abortion is. Abortion takes the life of an innocent being. Human life starts at conception. There's no secret. We all know that. Uh, even Jesus himself was a single-cell embryo in the Blessed Mother Mary. Uh, there's no question that uh, life starts at conception, uh, no matter how you look at it, no matter where you go. That That's not a secret. And so if you believe that human life starts at conception, you've got to ask yourself another fundamental question. Does anybody, and that's anybody, man, woman, boy, girl, doesn't matter, does anyone have the right to take the life of an innocent human being? And the, and the answer is no. Uh, no one has the right. It's not a matter of whether it's right or a man's right or uh, the right of a U.S. citizen. It's got nothing to do with that. Nobody has the right to take life of innocent human beings. So if you're wondering if we value life, uh, that that's really the center and the focus of all of our questions. If we do value life, then we're going to say, well, this life is sacred. This life is made in the image of God. Uh, this life needs to be protected by love and by law. If you don't value life, you say, well, it's not really a human being until it's implanted in the womb, or it's not really a human being until four or five months down the line, or it's not really a human being until the child's actually born. Those are all devaluations of life. But God has already made it clear. Life begins at conception. He knew us while we were in the womb. He blessed us, gifted us, gave us a purposeful life. Uh, God has always recognized us. Uh, so 
from conception onward. And so it's clear to me uh, that those that value life, that feel life is sacred, would simply say that uh, all life uh, does begin at, at conception and that nobody has the right to take the life of men being a being. So you wouldn't be uh, pro-choice on the matter. Well, I think it's, it's your option to decide whether you want to take the life of an innocent human being or not. Uh, that's not valuing life. And that's not the, the pro-life position. That's the pro-choice position. All right. Uh, we're going to take a, a hard break real quick. Um, and when we come back, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. I, I want to hear, uh, I want to get into uh, the impact more of the impact uh, on the black community, and I want to talk a little bit more about uh issue of personhood uh, uh, and, and how it and the legislatures that are dealing with that. So we're going to take a break, and that's what we'll talk about on uh, when we come back from that break. Is that all right? That's all right. All right, be back right after this. Those of you who have listened to my show uh, realize that 
uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, my computer crashed on me, and I had lost just, I thought I lost just about everything on my computer, all my important files and documents. But then I remembered that I had security. I had my files backed up automatically by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com. They have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff. They got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So if, if, if you, you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to that site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure. Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup. Welcome back to Zero Today. You're with uh, your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and my guest, Pastor Walter Hoy or of Issues for Life Foundation. Um, he is here, and we're we're discussing Roe versus Wade, abortion, personhood, black genocide. We're, we're talking about all of that because um, it's an issue that not only divides the country, but it divides the church, the camps that um, pro-life, pro-choice, and and I'm gonna be honest with you, it's it's something that I I think is very 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 damaging. No matter how much we try to dress it up uh, and try to make it sound good, I, I I believe it's one of the things that has brought us um, away from God. And that that's just me, you know. So, but uh, we have with us Pastor Walter Hoy and Pastor Hoy. Before we before the break, we were talking about Planned Parenthood and um, it being a business and how it gets money and things of that nature. And I'm looking here um, at at the uh, at your page and seeing uh, the math, uh, looking at the math and about abortion in the black community and how how many babies have died from induced abortions. And uh, you know it's scary to see the numbers, and it's scary. It's even scarier to realize that uh, probably most of those who aborted their children, uh, their babies, did so more out of, you know, I I I believe if they had received wise counsel, they may not have uh, aborted aborted their child. But I want to talk about the issue of personhood, and uh, for our audience who may not be familiar with that issue uh or that term can you can you explain what personhood is why is it important uh why 
all the significance of this word and this issue regarding personhood. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Uh, but, but Pastor, let, let me let me uh, set the record straight here on the, the, the numbers surrounding Planned Parenthood, and then I'll jump right on that that personhood question. Uh, I'm looking at the, the annual report, and the, the, the fact of the matter is that between June 2010 and June 2012, Planned Parenthood received over a billion dollars in taxpayer money, and they received 1.48 million dollars a day. And then the, you take a look uh, at how the line. 1.48 million taxpayer dollars per day. Wow. Then, then you take a look at Planned uh, Parenthood's bottom line, and even during these hard economic times, the abortion chain made nearly a third of a million dollars of profit every single day. And then finally, I want, I want to set the record straight here. Planned Parenthood, according to their own annual report, uh, recorded a record high 333,964 abortions. This is in their own annual report. And I think that the record needs to speak for itself. We're looking at over a billion taxpayer dollars between June 2010 and June 2012. That's a lot of money. That's nearly... One point four eight million taxpayer dollars a day, and they're making almost let, a third of a million dollars of profit every now, day. Now, let me ask you this question: Is this from the state level level or the federal level, or a combination of both? Because I, I know there have been several states, largely here in the South, Texas, Mississippi, Arkansas. Uh, I'm not sure about Louisiana, and I'm not sure about uh, Georgia, but I know Alabama, Texas, Louis, uh, and Arkansas and Mississippi have, if they have not passed legislation, they presented legislation to not fund Planned Parenthood. Uh, so is that is that overall state, federal, or federal? Federal. Wow. And, and now I, I guess now I have a better understanding of why uh, there was a big to do about. Uh, women's health during the last campaign season. Um, um, if it's receiving money from the federal level, and they want to continue to receive money from the federal level, they have to make that argument and present that rhetoric to the public. Well, that, that's that's scary to me. Yeah, it is scary. Uh, again, they performed a record high number of abortions, and their overall services numbers decreased. And so Planned Parenthood is a growing abortion business, and it's largely funded by taxpayer dollars at the federal level. And, again, it boils down to $1.48 million a day, and you've got to ask yourself the question, Pastor, if, if you have $1.48 million every day, uh, what could you do to help women and children in need? And I think that we all know we could do a whole lot more for something entirely different than provide abortions, contraception, and sex education so our young people will know how to have sex outside of marriage at an early age. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And I, I don't want to get away from the issue of personhood, uh, um, but 
uh, this this ties into the issue of abstinence. This ties into the issue of uh, celibacy and and sexual uh, purity. Um, I, I know our churches kind of shy away from that. Even myself, having been involved, you know, I, I haven't haven't done the same. You know, not really addressed it as I should. Uh, if we present that more, what, do you think we'll see a decline in an abortion uh, in the black community? Oh, there's no doubt about it. When, when the black preacher speaks, our people listen. Nothing gets done in, in the black community without the black church. That's just the fact of the matter. And the black pastor is the gatekeeper to the community, and, and he well he should be. And so when the black pastor speaks, our people hear, our people listen. If the black pastor is saying the abortion is wrong, it's outside the will of God. It's not within God's perfect will for your life. That every life it is being protected by love and by law. Uh, it would be clear uh, to our people that abortion is wrong and not His will, not God's will for our lives. It would also be clear uh, that we need to take a look at our programs and find out what we are doing so that we can do a much better job of meeting the needs of women and children. So we're busy doing a lot of things. But if we've got young women in our community and they're thinking about uh, an abortion because they're pregnant outside of marriage, and that seems to seem like a good option, then they literally take the life of their own child in their womb. And that tells us that we need to do a much better job of providing and protecting our young women and the children in their womb. Well, I just want to encourage all the brothers out there uh, to speak up. Let's just share this data. Let, let, the, let the facts speak for themselves, and then let's work together to do a much better job meeting the needs of our women and children. I, I agree. I, I, you know, again, that's one of my my goals um, as a pastor is to you know a partner. As a matter of fact, we we are partnering with um uh the the local pregnancy centers here uh to to just kinda help spread the word, um uh, help them help people on and my members in particular, uh my help my members in particular understand the need and and content uh, uh contend for it. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little distracted there. Okay, so let's move on to the issue of personhood here. Explain what personhood is, uh, why it's important, why blacks need to be more aware aware of it. Because here in in Mississippi in 2011, we had the issue that was presented before the people uh, in an amendment uh, to the Constitution, I believe, and it was voted down. No, was it passed? I can't remember. I believe uh, that was not passed. Um, it was very, very critical. Uh, I mean, it was a very, very. Uh, it made national headlines, and it was a very uh, important election, uh, important article, amendment. Um, but uh, explain to them, to my audience, uh, what personhood is. Personhood is one of the two pro-life strategies in the last four years that black Americans can embrace. Pregnancy Care Center offering literally uh, physical 
uh, help uh, to women and children need free of charge without any agenda, uh, that that works. That works. Just helping people work. The personhood is the other full life story that works in our community. The personhood simply defines the term person to include everybody, from the womb to the tomb. Defines the term person to include everybody, including senior citizens facing end of life decisions and disabled veterans. Everybody would be considered a person, and that's critical. Because currently, right now, the child inside the womb is not legally a person. And that's something I think that we need to take a look at. I think as black Americans, we all understand where this is going when a certain segment of the population can be defined out of personhood. When we start defining who is and who isn't a person, we all know where that's going. We've been there. We've seen that. We've experienced that. We've done that. And so personhood, again, just simply makes the, the, the term clear. It, it sets the record straight. Everybody is a person from conception, from the womb up to the tomb, regardless of race, color, regardless of function or disability, regardless of their ability, regardless of size or environment. It just doesn't matter. Everybody is a person, and that's what uh, personhood the full life strategy does. It clearly defines the term person. So, so why is it um, why is it uh, not really being received, um, uh, or why is the message not really getting out to for the people to understand uh, the issue of personhood? Why are state legislatures having such a hard time with this um, this idea? Well, one, uh, there is a lot of pushback from the abortion industry. Uh, the abortion industry. Uh, Planned Parenthood leading the abortion industry uh, has has promised me that they would uh, go bankrupt trying to defeat the idea of personhood. You see, if you want to oppress someone uh, and still be able to sleep at night within the confines of the United States Constitution, you've got to say they're not a person. Because if you're not a person, you can't be a citizen. If you can't be a citizen, then you're not entitled to a due process of law. You're not entitled to vote. Uh, You can even be a slave. The term person is so clear, but in order for uh, uh, the abortion industry to continue what they're doing with their conscience, uh, the child inside the womb can't be legally recognized as a person. Uh, this is not uh, the right direction for the abortion industry. Uh, they they want to clearly define that the baby inside the womb is not a legal entity. So my 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 daughter. If she were, were pregnant and, and, and she was having my grandchild, my grandchild inside of her womb is not legally protected by the United States Constitution. It's not legally a person. The person who steps up to the, to the plate says, you know what, that's wrong. Uh, we've always known that the child inside of the womb is a person. Uh, we've always understood personhood uh, to be that way. And so let's clearly define it now and let's let the word itself, the term itself, be so clearly defined that it's written in our state constitutions and ultimately in our federal constitution. So there's no more question now of who or what a person is. And then we can just let the chips fall where they may after that. So, and and, and when they present that, when they present that argument to the public, at least I know here in Arkansas, 
the way it was presented it was it was wrapped in the rhetoric of women's rights um um and um all you know that 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 rhetoric and i i personally i i, I like i said before i do understand the necess- necessity of women's health and um uh, preventive care when it regards to uh uh prenatal care prenatal care is very important but what i can't understand is why would you not allow the fetus if the heart from medical uh medical research and all this proves that uh just 12 days after conception you can hear the heartbeat um and if, if my understanding of that is if the heart is beating there's life you know undoubtedly how how they how they contradict that contradict that i i don't know i was um going back to the going back to roe versus wade 40 years ago uh supreme court voted uh, or, or made made a ruling but their ruling was under the 14th amendment regarding privacy and uh states rights uh what role does privacy play when we're talking about uh abortion the abortion industry and um all of this what what role does privacy pri- privacy play uh, in the go ahead Pastor, finish what I, I mean i i i from from my reading of the of the decision it it was on you know understanding it protected the woman's right how did protecting the woman's right to privacy turn into legalizing it uh, abortion there's the um the Roby Wade decision uh was enacted January twenty second, nineteen seventy three, uh six years uh after this first state, uh, California, Colorado, Mississippi uh, legalized abortion. And when, when Roe v. Wade was enacted, there was another um, Supreme Court decision right after that, in that same day, uh, Doe v. Bolton, that not only said abortion is legal, but it also said that it's legal uh, for all nine months of pregnancy and abortion can be performed so for any reason, and they were citing the, the need to protect a woman's health. Uh, that was really a fallacy. Uh, women have faced difficult pregnancies since the Garden of Eden, and the medical community has always acted in the best interest of the woman. Uh, that's never been a problem uh, at all. And so whenever a woman would go to a doctor uh, before 1973 with a difficult pregnancy, the woman, the life of the woman was always uh, framed the woman could always make that decision, and the, the medical community protected and loved uh, the woman. Uh, to say that you have to have this uh, because of the life of the mother uh, really isn't—it uh, it, it really isn't necessary. We've always protected the life of the mother, so that's that's going to always that's going to continue to happen, and it has always happened for the for the privacy issue. Uh, your records are private. 
uh, your records were private before 1973, your records were private after 1973. To, to move from privacy to a life of mother, uh, but those are things that were already taking place. We were already protecting the, the life of the mother. We were already uh, being the needs of the woman. The medical community was already doing that, and the medical community will continue uh, to do that. And so it's, a, it's, it's not really an issue. The issue uh, that was stated in Roe v. Wade had to do with um, personhood. If it was clear uh, the Supreme Court uh, that the child inside the room was indeed a person, uh, it was clear the Supreme Court human life began. It was, it was clear uh, that abortion uh, in and of itself uh, should not be legal. And I was uh, very disappointed with that Roe v. Wade decision in, in 1973. Okay. Well, that, that certainly <laughs> sheds a lot of light on it. Um well, we're wrapping down, wrapping up. We have about ten more minutes, um, so I want I want to um, get back to um, this pro-life, pro-choice. Um, the, it, it's divided the church, and you know, I I, I fall on the pro-life side. I'm not. I'm an unashamed uh, pro-life individual. I do support. I do believe that, you know, and in my case, uh, I was involved with an individual, uh, and she got pregnant, and the child had to be aborted for medical purposes, uh, specifically an endangerment to her health, and that was the only reason that it was it was aborted. This was some years ago, you know, some years ago. Uh, of course, I, I still had the same type of emotions and and guilt associated with the act but I did understand the purpose of the act I was, uh but but um how how can those of us who are on the pro life side be more uh present a better argument to those who are straggling the fence those who kind of iffy those who say well you know they they support it under particular circumstances, or those who are just outright altogether pro life. I mean pro choice, you know. And how how can we present the argument in a way that's not really offensive, but uh, but gets the point across? Well, one we we need to stand firm uh, on the, the biblical teachings uh, regarding life. Uh, I think you can find. Uh, pastors that clearly state uh, God's position on this uh, from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, we can uh, take a look at the midwife and when Pharaoh, the law of the land at his time, uh, decided that the life of a, of a male child uh, needs to be distinguished. And so uh, the midwife decided to disobey uh, Pharaoh. Uh, and not take the life of that that young child, that young baby boy. Uh, I think that's a clear example in Scripture where God goes on to say that God blessed them with homes and houses. He prospered them because they obeyed him rather than man. I think that it's clear uh, taking the life of, of children, babies, 
uh, is just wrong. And that's just one example. You can go outside scripture and you find that child sacrifice is wrong. It goes on and on and on. I think that if we took a clear biblical stand on this issue, uh, it, the Bible would speak for itself. Another way to, to talk about this issue is personhood. I think everybody uh, is a person. I think we all should be recognized as a person and protected uh, by love and by law. And I think after that, we can just let uh, the chips fall before they're made. I think it's, it's clear that if we as pastors uh, stick to the biblical teachings, we won't find support for abortion. And if we're looking at supporting our biblical values, well, then we can't support a program that supports abortion or support anything outside of our biblical values. So I just encourage the fellows to, to, to continue to support uh, what the Bible supports. If it's wrong in our, in our scriptures, it's just wrong. Let me add one more question. Um, and we're going to take a break. Well, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take this break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about Mafia 21, uh, the documentary uh, about abortion in the black community. And we'll, we'll talk about that, uh, and we'll, we'll end, that, end on that, as a matter of fact. But um, we're going to go ahead and take this break, and when we come back, we'll talk. Is that all right? We'll talk about a little bit more about uh, a little bit about uh, Mafia 21? Absolutely. Okay, I'll be back right after this. Today, we stand against the tyranny of single mile credit cards. That'll pay trust. May I? <laughs> Too long! People have settled for single miles. With the Capital One Venture Card, you'll earn double miles on every purchase every day! Hawaii, here we come. So sign up today for a Venture Card at CapitalOne.com and start earning double! What's in your wallet? Can you play games on that? Not on the runway. Oh. Suits today aren't like suits from yesterday. Part of it is the cut of today's suit. Short jacket, narrow lapel, moderate fit. But part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man, as it is the brand of man who wears it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. It's our favorite, yours and mine, because we found it together on a walk, 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 love to walk, a long walk, a a walk with you, a walk I smelled squirrels on, but I stayed by your side because I could tell, could feel that you had a bad day and me being bad wouldn't make it any better. But being there was already helping a little anyway. And then we found that wonderful thing waiting there, waiting for you and me. And you smiled and threw it. And I decided right when I picked it up, I would never, ever leave it anywhere. Ever. Because that wonderful, bouncy, roll-around thing had made you play. And that had made you smile. Put more play in your day. Beneful. Play. 
it's good for you. I need you. I feel so alone. But you're not alone. I knew you'd come. Like I could stay away. You know I can't do this without you. You'll never have to. You're always there for me. I'll get you a rental car. Don't use an umbrella. Fall in love with Progressive's Claim Service. The Game of Life with the Prius C. A high-stakes world where some descend into total loserdom, while others triumphantly return home to their Tudor houses. The real game of life is no more forgiving, but luckily you're ready to grab it by the throat and jujitsu it into submission. And with all the important things to do and places to go, you're going to need a game piece that will move you to the next level. That car, my friends, is the all-new 53-mile-per-gallon rated Prius C from Toyota. Welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I'm joined by my wonderful guest, Pastor Walter Hoy, uh, founder and president of Issues for Life Foundation. And he travels the country uh, dealing with one issue, one issue alone, and that is the issue of life, uh, abortion, uh, babies. I mean, this man is passionate about life and I didn't. I, I, I didn't get to you. I didn't get you to share your testimony. And you shared it with me, and you shared it before. Uh, your testimony of why you are pro-life and uh, why you vote pro-life, why you're so passionate about this issue. Can you share that briefly before we go into the uh, discussion on Mile for Twenty One? Uh, yes, Pastor. Real briefly, my son, who is alive and well today. I uh, was born in 1984, and in 1984, he was alive, uh, but he wasn't well. He was born a little less than six months, and he weighed in at about 2.1 pounds. He ultimately went down to 1.6 pounds, and I could hold my son in the palm of my hand uh, like you would a, a pen or a pencil. Uh, one day I'd ask God uh, to save the life of my child, Medical community doctors had told me they'd done all they could, so I prayed all night. Um, but oftentimes we pray, we don't always get an answer right away. It wasn't until the next morning I came in, I was holding my son in the palm of my hand again, and at that point, God did answer my prayer. At that point, God made it very clear to me. He said, Walter, this is what's supposed to be on the inside of the woman. Uh, this is alive, living, breathing human being. This is the be a person. And after God spoke to my heart, it was very clear to me what abortion is and what abortion does. So while I may not ever uh, carry a child inside of myself, I will uh, always remember what it's like to feel my son kick and move my palm of my hand. And so since then, I've been extremely passionate about uh, this issue. And I've been blessed to travel quite a bit to talk about it with others. 
Yeah, that's that's a wonderful wonderful uh, testimony, and um, I I think would help a lot of people to see that if if it's inside that you know if if it's small inside and it comes out small, it's the same thing. <laughs> it, it's the same thing. Uh, now let, let's segue to Mob uh, for Twenty One. Mob for Twenty One's documentary, and it's a film that was made by. Um, What's the name? Uh, Dynamics? Life Dynamics? Is that the name? Life Dynamics. Mark Crutcher with Life Dynamics. Right. So so that film addresses the issue of what has been called, what it calls black genocide uh, uh, with abortion within the black community. Um, now, now, Mark Crusher is is Caucasian and I, I, I've shared, shared this film, and the same question I get is, how could a Caucasian person make a film about black people and it be relevant for black people? Can you can you answer that question? Oh yeah, that, that, that's easy. Uh, as as a Caucasian, as a white man, Mark was able to have access to information that we could information that that clearly demonstrates. A conspiracy that started long ago, way back in the 1800s. Uh, these are documents. This is documentation. This is physical evidence. It would not have been easy for uh, us to obtain, uh, but they gave it to Mark. It was just amazing the amount of information that he contained. And actually, uh, Martha doesn't even have uh, doesn't even show all the information he was able to get. Uh, it is extremely powerful. And then Mark himself was only in there for about I don't know, two, three minutes. Top, uh, it is dominated by the National Black Pro-Lifers who literally uh, take a look at the issue and they step you through it, you know, step by step. And it's just the most powerful uh, tool in the Black Pro-Life movement uh, today. And we owe quite a bit to Mark Crutcher and Life Dynamics. Wow. So 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 let let's talk about this. Uh why why does uh life dynamic why does Mark Crutcher believe uh believe that that there's a black genocide occurring? The the, the evidence is is absolutely clear. If you if you ask yourself the question who thought abortion was a good idea in the first place? I mean, what problem was there that abortion was the answer to that problem? You've you got to ask yourself the question, why was taking the life of an innocent or a girl inside the womb of his or her own mother the, the, the answer to, to any problem we're facing? And then you take a look at the, the evidence, the evidence that's clear, the evidence that's clearly documented uh, and, un, and uh, unrefuted, un, un, unchallenged in Michael 21. You'll, you'll, you'll come up with the answer. You'll understand quite clearly that this is black genocide and that abortion exists because black Americans exist. 
Oh, all right. Well, look, we got to wrap up this show. We uh, we've kind of gone a little bit over uh, the time that I anticipated, but it, that's wonderful. It's a wonderful amount of information. I wanted to get it out to the people. Uh, I want the people. I want my audience to understand that this we're not pushing pro life. We're not pushing. Uh, we're not. We're not speaking hate as some people will, will, uh, are doing. Uh, we are pre- presenting and attempting to present the issue. As it is, uh, as it has been constructed within the framework of the American culture, particularly the black culture. And uh, uh, Pastor Hoy, I, I think you're doing a wonderful job in articulating that for the country uh, and addressing the issue of life. Uh, quickly, give a little bit uh, information how people can get in touch with you um, if they if they want you to come speak or uh, they want to get a little bit more information on. Uh, uh, the message of Planned Parenthood, uh, abortion, anything of that nature? They can go to issues, and that's plural, issues, the number four, life.org. That's our website, and they can, they can contact us there. Again, that's www.issues, that's plural, the number four, life, L-I-F-E.org, and they can find us there. All right, and, and again, this is uh, I, this is regarding uh, life, and I, I whether you are pro-life or pro-choice, this should be the reality should be that uh, that baby matters, that fetus matters, you know, and you shouldn't you shouldn't just let let it go, you know. I, I believe. We have a responsibility, particularly to our young black girls, uh, our young black females, to let them know that they, yes, they have a choice, and they can make a choice, but they need to be, they need to know that the choice that they make will affect them for the rest of their life. Uh, would you agree with that statement, Pastor? I do. I do agree with that statement, and thank you for making that clear. All right. Well, again, uh, it's Pastor Neil. Uh, joined with Pastor Walter Hoy, and uh, he has been very gracious to share this time with us. And I thank you, my listening audience. And again, anytime you want to catch any of the archive shows, you can just go to blogtalkradio.com slash zero today. And you listen to shows all the way back to 2011. We got them all archived. And, and Pastor Hoy, I'll be looking to have you back here in the good state of Mississippi. Uh, and if, if I did tell you... Uh, you know, the pro-life Mississippi organization here is doing a lot to try to bring a more, a greater awareness uh, to the black community regarding this issue. It is a very difficult issue, a very difficult subject matter, uh, one that I, I don't I don't take for granted. Neither do I try to um, take on all by myself. I do realize that, but for grace, you know, not for grace, uh we could all be worse off. So I thank you for joining and I thank you for sharing. And uh, my audience will be back uh, hopefully next week with the same was uh, another good topic. And Lord willing, we'll have something <laughs> have something worth listening to. <laughs> but thank you, Pastor Hoy, and I wish you have a wonderful day. Uh, this is Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and we're just going to close out with praise and thanksgiving. So thank you all, Pastor Hoy. You have a great day. Take care. God bless you. God bless you, too.